Thank you to Betty and Glenn, Nancy. Thank you, Betty Playford as well, for leading us this morning. Cameron and Nancy last night for our wonderful Christmas Eve service. Thank you so much uh, for doing such a wonderful job uh, leading us in worship. I also wanted to say thank you, a special thank you today to someone who's been doing a wonderful, wonderful job for, for us for the past three years. We know Michaela announced her resignation uh, as our children's minister about three months ago and kind of gave us uh, heads up about three months, but this is officially her last Sunday with us today, and so we wanted to say thank you for such a wonderful job that she's done. You do want to keep your eyes peeled after the first of the year. We will be having a reception for her after the first of the year, and so you won't want to make sure that you're here for that, uh, to say thank you to her again for what a wonderful job she has done. But today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Uh, at the end of the classic Christmas story, as we see this great, uh, this great man of the faith, this great saint of the faith, Simeon, and his faithfulness, as we look today at giving and receiving, giving and receiving. So we talked a lot already this morning in just our general conversations, especially with the kids. We know as adults, we don't always get things on Christmas. Sometimes it's about the kids, but maybe later today we'll get a few things here or there. But the kids are so excited about their gifts that they received. And there's always something new, right? Maybe it's the Hatchable. Maybe it's a, a special bike. Or maybe it's a new video game. Whatever it may be. Maybe it's something related to the new Star Wars movie that's out. Steve, yeah, that's right. I'm sure Steve has something or will have something related to the new Star Wars movie that's come out. You know, I've already seen it twice. Steve, how many times have you seen it? Twice as well? Yeah, so we've already seen it twice. So, you know. It's, it's a Christmas tradition now. We get something Star Wars. But it, we all think of something special, right, that we may have received. Uh, but I think many of us, maybe you've seen this movie before. Maybe this picture rings a bell here. Have you seen this picture of? You recognize that? I mean, you can't get away from that movie around Christmas time. It's like on TBS, TNT. It's like 24 hours on like four channels. A Christmas story. And so this is Ralphie and it is his Red Rider BB gun, Right? And as you would always say in the movie, more specifically, it was a, it was a carbine action, 200 shot, something, 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 air rifle with a compass in the stock and something that tells time, he would say, you know, and it was like a sundial, right? It was this classic line over and over. He was so excited to receive this gift of this uh, Red Ryder BB gun. But what did, throughout the movie, what did everybody warn him? You don't want one because what will happen? You'll shoot your eye out, Right? Towards the end of the movie, he almost did, didn't he? He kind of ricocheted back and, and broke his glasses. But uh, he was so excited to receive this. But as excited as Ralphie was to receive this Red Rider BB gun, it compares none at all to Simeon, as we see here in Luke chapter 2, as he was a devout man waiting, waiting for the Messiah. So begin reading with me here in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just, and he was devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Or some of your translations might say the comfort of Israel, this title, a, a, a title for the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon this man. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. 
who's wondering, what is this? The Holy Spirit I know is leading me. He's leading me to the temple. What is he leading me to see? So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the customs of the law, Simeon took him up, took Jesus up in his arms, and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother, they marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, his mother, blessed, behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many of Israel, a prophetic word that he gives under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your heart also, he says to Mary, that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. You see, this man, as excited as we are to receive the gifts that, that uh, we received during Christmas time, and those gifts remind us of the greatest gift ever given, which was Jesus Christ into the world, as excited as we may be for those gifts that we receive, it was nothing compared to Simeon. He had waited his whole life for the Messiah. He was a faithful man, ready for this Messiah. And sure enough, just as God promised, the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus was revealed unto him. So today we're going to look at, as we look at this message of giving and receiving, we are going to look at the one who receives and then the one who who gives, the one whose heart is ready to receive the good gifts God is giving them. And then, of course, we look at the good giver, the great giver of all great and wonderful gifts, none other than God himself. And Lord God, as we come to your word this morning, on this wonderful Christmas day, as we celebrate this marker in human history, this, this event of which we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the coming of your Son, God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, no longer is humanity reaching up to you, but you have come to us. This event is so great in the, in the, in the scope of human history that we measure our calendars, our timelines, we measure the mark of human history by it. God has split the heavens and has come to us. And so on this Christmas morning, as we look at uh, this great gift that was given, may we truly have the heart of the, the recipient, the one who receives, as you have the great heart of a giver. In the name of Jesus, we do pray this. Amen. And so it says there in the first part of, of, this, uh, of, of this passage here in verses 25 through 28, the first thing that we see is the one who receives. The one who receives, we see the character, we see uh, the, the, the life of the one who is ready to receive the good and great gifts of God. Not only this great gift of Jesus Christ, the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive of Jesus Christ coming into a person's life and remaking them, rebirthing them, and, and redeeming them. But also one who is in the continual posture of one who is a receiver of the great gifts of God. So let's see this in the example of Simeon. 
And again, it says, starting in verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. We know nothing else about this man. But the thing that rings true throughout human history is his character. This man was what? He was just and he was devout. When we look at the idea in Scripture of one who is just, it speaks to one who has that very character of God. One who is just speaks of one who does what is right. One whose actions are righteous. One whose actions are perfect and pure and holy. That's why it speaks of one who is right and righteous is none other than God himself. Now we know Simeon is just is a flawed human being like the rest of us. And we know so truly even though he was a man who was just and right, he was not completely and perfectly righteous. He was one like us who was flawed, yet he was one who received the salvation of Jesus Christ just as we receive. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that when we come to faith in Christ, we too are righteous in Jesus Christ. But this man in his character was one who was just. He reflected the very character of God who is right and righteous. Not only was he just, but he was devout. He was one who his entire life was devoted to the things of God. You know, so often in life, life begins to unravel um, and even begins to kind of fray at the seams, even for a Christian, even for one who knows Jesus Christ as their Savior, one who is a follower of Christ. When we lose sight of the fact, when we begin to move something else into the center of our life other than Jesus Christ himself. You see, that's what devotion means. That's what it means to be one who is devout. It means that we are one who all of our life, every bit, every bit of it, centers and focuses around Jesus Christ. Our life is about glorifying and honoring God. Our life is about bringing uh, uh, praise unto God. Our life is about following God's word and, and faithfully trusting in what he says. And guess what? God takes care of everything else. It's not even the, the fact that Jesus Christ is the center of our, our life. Really, the proper perspective is that we find ourselves at the center of Jesus Christ. So Simeon was one who was just and devout. And he was one who was waiting faithfully for the consolation of Israel. This is a, uh, a not often used term to speak of the Messiah. The consolation of Israel was the comfort of Israel. You see, Israel had waited for so long, the Hebrew people had waited for so long for the one who was promised of long ago, who would, who would bring the glory back to the nation, who would bring light into the people. Not only light to the Hebrew people, but light into the entire world. And it says that Simeon was waiting for this one, the comforter, the Messiah, the, the one who was the consolation of Israel. So he was just, he was devout, and he was one who was patient and faithful in the Lord. Not only that, but it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And as we continue reading in verse 26, and it says, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. Also it says in verse 27, So he was led by the Spirit. He came by the Spirit into the temple. Three times we see reference here that he was one who was led by the Spirit. He was a man of the Spirit. You see, for every person who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ, and as Jesus himself said in John chapter 3, they've been born again, they've been born anew, been born from above. 
then each and every one of us who have given our lives to Jesus Christ, we have committed our lives to him, we're followers of Jesus Christ, we're disciples of Jesus Christ, he says that we have the Holy Spirit of God. As it says in the book of 1 Corinthians, that Holy Spirit takes up residence in our life. He makes our body, in fact, his temple. And he is the one that guides us, protects us. He is the one that convicts us of sin. We are led by the Holy Spirit. You see, in Simeon was this type of man. He was led by the Holy Spirit. So when we look at the one, <coughs> when we look at one who is ready to receive the good and perfect gifts of God, is one who is just, is one who reflects the character of God. It is one who is devout, the one who is centers their whole life around God. And it is one who waits patiently and faithfully, and one who is guided by the Holy Spirit. You see, that is the reality, that is the example we are to follow as believers in Jesus Christ. But maybe for some of you in here today, some of you do not know Christ as your Savior. You see, what a Christian is, is not what we often think in popular culture a Christian may be. You see, just generally in society, the world may think that a Christian is one who may come to church. That the Christian is one who attends church on a regular basis, and that is a wonderful thing. The, the, the world thinks that a Christian is one who may have a, uh, a devout grandmother or grandfather, or maybe they've, they have someone in their family who's a Christian. But what Christian really means is little Christ. It is a copy, if you will, of Christ. It is a follower of Jesus Christ. It is a disciple of Jesus Christ. You see, the Christian is one who has come to a point in their life personally where they have turned from their old way of life, they have turned to the Lord Jesus Christ, turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and made the personal decision to follow him and to commit the entirety of who they are to Christ. And God says, when that happens, when we come unto the Lord Jesus Christ, as it says in Mark 1.15, we repent and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we too are born again. And when we are born again, we have the ability, not of ourselves, but of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We have the ability to be one who is just in the very character of God. We have the ability to be devout. We see the sweetness of the Lord. And we say, as it just says in, in Psalm 1611, In your presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And we experience that sweetness and that joy. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are devout. Waiting with patience and faith through life as difficult as the twists and turns of life may be. We have the power to be patient and wait by faith on the Lord Jesus Christ for what he may lead us to. And we are ones who have the ability, if we listen to the Holy Spirit in our life, to be led and to be led perfectly through life. So we see, first of all, the one who receives. And then we see in the second half of this passage... The one of who Simeon so wonderfully and faithfully placed his hope and his faith in 
we see the character of one who gives. And it says here in verse 28, So he, that is Simeon, took Jesus up in his arms, and he blessed God, the great giver. And he said, Now, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace. You see, when we see these great passages of the Old Testament, these prophetic passages of Christ, of Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, we see that it reflects the fact that this one, this Messiah, would be a God of peace. And although we look at our world around us, we look at the nightly news, and we say our world is not a world of peace, we know that the Christ is bringing peace, has brought peace into our world. Not only does he bring peace between man, and at his second coming he will restore all things, but we see most importantly the enmity that he has broken, and the peace that he has brought is between man and God. You see, Romans chapter 5 paints a picture of the fact that we aren't just mistaken in our ways. We aren't just basically good people that have kind of uh, mistakenly done this or that. But the Bible paints a picture of the fact that human beings, their hearts are dark without God. We live in darkness, and we are rebels against the great and mighty God. But God, through his love, brought peace. And so when we say now, when Simeon says, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace, he has this peace of mind that he has seen the Messiah, but it reminds us of the fact that Messiah is the one who brings peace between man and God. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Every word of the Lord is true and right and will come to pass. See, the word of God, of which many of us have a copy today, is is steadfast, it is strong, and we can trust in it. You see, these words on this page aren't just a collection of poems and thoughts and quips and and interesting uh, notions. These are the very words of God, and we can trust in them. He says in verse 30, For my eyes have seen your salvation. Again, we live in a world of darkness and we know, we see every day, we are reminded of the fact that this world is a world that needs saving. A couple of weeks ago, as we focused upon this particular part of the Christmas story of the Savior, the Savior who is Christ the Lord, we we talked about the fact that I am convinced that's why we see so many superhero movies and we see so many superhero comics and and things that are focused around superheroes is because we know intrinsically as human beings and collectively as the world, we know we need saving. You see, Simeon said, my eyes have seen your salvation. When he looked When he was led into the temple that day, not knowing exactly what the Lord might be leading him to, as the Holy Spirit led him into the temple, and he met eyes, he he, he locked eyes with Mary and Joseph, and as they brought this little baby into him, you could just see the fog clearing and the clarity coming, and he knew that this little baby that he was holding was the one that he had waited for oh so long. His eyes had seen the salvation of God. What about you? Here at the end of the service, we'll have an opportunity for you to respond to that same salvation. You see, the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ is extended to you today. Will you respond? 
Will you see the salvation of Jesus Christ for what it clearly is? So he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. Verse 31, he says, which you have prepared before the face of all people. Not only is this salvation for just a select few, it is not, it's for the entirety of the world. You see, the, the mission that we've been given as believers in Jesus Christ is to not sit on this truth, to not, to not take this truth and to, and to grasp it as it is some sort of precious gift that we are to keep unto ourselves, but it is a gift that we are to receive, that we are to then go out and give to all peoples, to all peoples. You see, the call, the mission of every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is to be a missionary whether we are to be a missionary here around the block or the ends of the earth everywhere in between, we are called to be a missionary, to live missionally, to take that message of Jesus Christ to all peoples. And he says here in verse 32, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. You see, the glory that they had waited for for so long They'd been promised oh so long ago, even to their forefather Abraham, that his name would be great. He said his descendants would be like the stars in the sky. They'd be like the sand on the seashore. And in fact, that, that promise extended even beyond the, 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 the Hebrew people, the physical descendants of Abraham, but it extended to us, those who are believers in Jesus Christ. And it said not only is this a light in the glory of the people of Israel, but a, but a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. You see, Gentiles, as it's used here and it's used prophetically, speaks to all those who are non-Hebrews. It basically, again, is a, is a, is a reminder of the fact that this light in the, in the world of darkness is a light that is to go to all people. You see, when we think about so great an event in the history of mankind, so great an event, again, that we mark human history on the coming of Jesus Christ, he wasn't just an ordinary baby. He wasn't even just a great man. But it was the God-man lying again in that manger. And that simple wooden manger was none other than God himself. And lying in that simple wooden manger one day foreshadowed the wood of the cross. The salvation that was brought unto the world was a salvation that would come through the death of Jesus Christ. Here's how I want to end today. In just a few moments, I'm going to pray. And we're going to come and sing again. We're going to enter into a time of invitation. And as we do, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to this message or maybe how God has been speaking to you for a number of years. But I want us to think about this. Are we a receiver of the gift of God as Simeon was? For those of us who are Christians in this room today, it may be one that we carry on the character of Simeon, the very character that, 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 that we can live out not in our own power, not through striving, but through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, of one who is just, one who is devoted fully unto God. Jesus is at the center of our life. We are found in the center of who Jesus is. One who is waiting patiently and faithfully for the good of God and what he may bring into our life. And one who is led by the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who are here today that do not know Christ as your Savior, 
you have never come to that place, as is clearly spoken in the word of God, you've never come to that place in life where you've committed your life unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You've agreed, as we even teach our children, you've agreed with God that you've sinned. You believe that God is a good and loving God who wants to save us from our sins, and he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, as the only way to save us from our sins. And then, have you committed your life unto him as your Savior and your Lord? What a wonderful day that would be. On this Christmas day, when we look beyond the gifts that we receive, the physical gifts that we give and receive, and we look beyond that gift to the greatest gift ever given of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful day it would be for you to commit your life unto him. Let's pray. Lord God, as we do think about this Christmas day, we think about that great gift of Jesus that was given oh so many years ago. Every, every thought process, every belief system that believes in a God or gods or some power of the universe is all about doing. I must do, I must do, I must do, I must do to try to please this God or this power of the universe so that maybe at the end of my life I may be right with this God or this power in the universe that I too may dwell in eternity with whatever expression of heaven. But it's all about do, 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 reach up, reach out to whatever this God is. But you reach down, God. You reach down unto us by sending your son Jesus later to die for our sins. And in that great expression of salvation, you said it is not about do, do, do. It has been done. It has been done by Jesus Christ on the cross. And God, I pray now that as we're gathered here today on this wonderful Christmas morning, God, I pray that you would speak into the hearts of those that are here that do not know Christ as their Savior and may today be the day of salvation. And in his name we pray, amen.